This episode is brought to you by HP+. In a world full of smart devices, isn't it about time your printer got smart too? Now printing is smart with HP+. And the HP Smart app is how it all happens. You can print from your phone with just a tap, no matter where you are. Even from your garage slash home office slash yoga studio. Huh, that is smart. HP+. Learn more about smart printing at hp.com slash smart. This episode is brought to you by PayPal. These days, choices are everywhere. Like, for instance, the milk in your coffee. Would you like it from a cow? A nut? A tree? Everyone wants options. And now your customers have a new option in the way they pay. With PayPal in person. Just generate your unique QR code in the PayPal app for them to scan. And start accepting PayPal in person today. Learn more at paypal.com slash us slash get QR code. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Welcome to episode 94 of the Washed Up Email Podcast, a tribute to John Bunch. To give some context, last year at this time, episode 57 of the podcast with John Bunch was, to my knowledge, the last interview John did. It was incredibly sad, but also a place for people to learn about John forever. I was so honored to have spoken to him and to be able to share his story. Also, last March, there was a benefit show in Santa Ana, California for John's son, Jack. It was an amazing lineup of bands, and people traveled from all over the world for the show. I had the pleasure of being in Southern California for the event and saw firsthand the community that came out for John. Seizing the moment, a friend of Washed Up Emo, Ed Curley, took it upon himself to interview people in the crowd. And friends, bands, and those involved in the event, Ed took time to ask about John, the event, and what it meant. You'll hear many common themes and many kind words said about John. All walks of life, and many of those that knew him for 30 years or none at all. It was truly a celebration of music, friends, and family. Finally, Jeff Caudill of Game Face has a 7-inch for charity through Revelation Records, RevHQ.com, with all money going to John's son, Jack. This is episode 94 of the Washed Up Email podcast, a tribute to John Bunch.
I am Chris from Sensefield. We're kind of blown away by it all. I mean, you, nobody, you never know what's going to happen after you pass away, like what, you know, whether you affected anybody or not or had any kind of impact. And, you know, just John would have been really, really happy to know that all his friends and all his peers came out and supported him and, and uh, showed a lot of love. And, yeah, we're kind of all just kind of blown away by it. It's kind of surreal. It still doesn't feel like he's gone. I still haven't really totally come to terms with it, but... Um, I think he would have been really happy and, and honored with the show today. I've known John since he was probably 15. He was, um, I used to play in bands with some of his friends. I used to play drums back then, and John was kind of like a obnoxious kind of kid. He'd hung around and, you know, just caused trouble and stuff like that. And one day he got up and got on the mic and sang, and I was kind of like, oh, man, maybe you should sing, because he actually tried to sing rather than scream. Um, so I kind of plucked him out of that, and we started a band together. And I think we had sort of a, because I'm a couple years older than him, we had sort of a, it's not a father-son relationship, but kind of like mentor-mentee kind of relationship. And um, that was kind of the nature of our friendship. Um, but John was always a really good friend, and um, you know he's he's a sweet guy, and he he loves people, and he loves to talk to people, and that's all very genuine, um, almost to a fault. You know, he just never always took the time to talk to people, and um, you know that's something I always kind of admired in him because I'm not like that, <laughs> a little more of a loner and a little bit more standoffish. But John would engage with anybody. And um, I think that's why people really gravitated towards him. Like I said, I just think he would be, I think he's probably looking down at this moment and he's probably got a smile on his face. He's, I think he'd be very happy with everything that went on today. So that's about it. So I'm Joe Nelson. I've known John Bunch, well, I knew John Bunch for 30 years. Um, and I helped put together the benefit with Chris Lisk and, and those guys, and uh, the band, obviously, and Casey Jones and stuff. So. So, well, so me and John, we met at a Uniform Choice show probably in 1984 at, I want to say Cafe de Grand, but it might not have been Cafe de Grand. But I just remember, like, John Bunch is a super tall dude, and, like, he was wearing a straight alert shirt. And, like, if you wore a straight alert shirt, there's only about ten dudes who would wear that, which is a Uniform Choice shirt. And I was like, who's this guy, man? We don't know this guy. Like, we, all the, we know the other nine guys. We don't know the tenth dude. And it was John Bunch. And we just all became fast friends, man. We just, like, we were at all the shows as kids. We were, all, we're exa almost exactly the same age. Went to all the shows together. Uh, he started Reason to Believe, and that was a great band. And, I mean, through it all, man. So, Well, I'm sure everyone says the same thing. The John Bunch was the dude you love to see, no matter. And, I, and, you know, when you become, when you get older and you're friends with somebody, you don't see him as much. Me and John Munch would see each other at shows or like random advance, but he's one of those guys, if you saw him, you would gravitate right towards him. First guy you would go, that's John Bunch, he's here. A lot of guys aren't like that, as everyone knows. A lot of guys you've known for 30 years ago, shit, that dude's here, and you go the other way. But not that dude, because he was the nicest, like most positive dude, warm, loving. Like I'm a shit talker, so like if I'm in a room with dudes, I'm like, oh, that guy sucks, man, blah, blah, blah. John Munch would always be like, no, that guy, he doesn't suck. And he would say, like, one good thing about the guy. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, never. He would never gossip. And I always thought that was amazing because everyone else is, you know, it's, a, it's the hardcore scene, man. Everyone else shit talks. Yeah, yeah. Not him. Yeah, this event, what a special day. But, and I was, I've 
talk to everyone. It's like John Bunch knew the love in this, not even just in this town today, but around the world. People flew from Japan and Germany and Europe in general and like East Coast, South. For John Bunch, like that says so much, you know, like he's a, it's overwhelming. And there was a couple of people who broke down in tears after they did their songs and it's been emotional, but it's been a really special day. And I think it really like, it really kind of solidified how important John Bunch was to music and our scene in general, because obviously we're all kind of from the same kind of hardcore emo type scene. And John Bunch is a huge player in that. And like, I would say in the emo scene, like one of the godfathers, one of the true like pioneers of that kind of music. I mean, I knew it was going to be a special day, but like even hyping it up that much and then seeing it executed that way and just seeing everyone happy and people I didn't even know, like I would see people hugging all over town, like, you know, at all these different stages, people, there's a lot of family reunions like today. And that was the thing, like, when you put this on, man, like John Reese, you know, Rock from the Crypt is a very important band to John, and, and, and I'm sure you heard John Reese's, like, pitch, that's all true, like, he told me down on the phone. And the thing we were talking about is, like, is that's a guy, like, I mean, he reached out to, to John Reese in Pitchfork 30 years ago and got him shows and, like, six in and all the branch... And John Reese is right. In Orange County, like, it's pretty much like a hardcore, like, our club only, like, fuck you, San Diego. And John Bunch, like, extended that olive branch. You know what I mean? Like, and that says everything about him. And John Reese was, like, one of the first dudes who's just, like, other guys in, in Rock from the Crypt were telling me, like, he told them, I'm doing this with one person, two person, doesn't matter. I'm doing something for John Bunch. And, like, that says, to me, that speaks volumes because it's from Rock from the Crypt to all the guest singers, to, like, the hardcore bands, the emo bands, like, everyone was just so, like, we got to do something, you know? And that's special. Like, that's really cool. Yeah. Like, that says something about the man. Like, everyone's thinking me. Like, I'm like, oh, dude, it's not me. It's John Bunch. Like, John Bunch brought all these people together. Like, we just helped, like, organize it. But it's his, it's his presence, his love that, like, everyone rallied around, you know? Right. So. Everything, the whole thing. Okay. Yeah. Reason to Believe was a huge band for me when I was a kid. Actually, the first time I saw Gorilla Biscuits, they opened up, and Down by Law, and it was a great show, great show. And then, of course, Sensefield was huge, and uh, I ended up working at Revelation in the 90s. So it's like, it's done. This, is, it's done. this has been my life for the past, whatever, 25 years or something. Yeah, of course, his music's really powerful. You know, it seems like from Reason to Believe to Sensefield, there was such a range, but all of it was very emotional, very passionate, which was amazing. Um, but he still had this like punk ethic. I remember the last time I saw him was at a small bar show in Long Beach called Alex's Bar. Just last December, he came out for Agnostic Front. It was sort of ironic. It was the first time I saw Agnostic Front since 1990, so it was like 25 years before that. But he was there, and he had a sort of fat Joe Strummer-style mohawk, and he had his seven-seconds shirt with the sleeves cut off, and I was just like fuck, that's John Bunch. You know, that guy was like a living legend. He was like an icon as a kid. You know, I definitely wanted to be a part of it and, uh, you know, support him and his family. My name's Aaron Stone. I'm from Orange County and L.A. Uh, Frankie Lopez from Orange County. Uh, well, obviously, this is just a legendary day as far as hardcore goes. And uh, personally, I've always been impacted by John Bunch and his music and growing up in the hardcore scene out here, I was always impacted by his music, so I wanted to come out and be a part of today. 
I never met John Bunch, but his music, I just love it, man. And all the bands playing, it's stacked. I got to meet John uh, back in the day at the HB Library show. A couple of my friends were interviewing for a zine, and it was a brief interaction, but he was super cool, man, and welcoming, and just uh, one of the guys I looked up to. So he's definitely had a positive impact on our generation, for sure. Chad Gertz, uh, Santa Clarita, California. Uh, here to see some of the old bands that are reuniting. Obviously, it's for a good cause, uh, John Bunch Memorial. But uh, Free Will was one of my first shows that I ever went to, so I haven't seen them in you know, probably 27 years. Looking forward to that. Uh, no for an Answer and uh, some of the newer bands, Done Dying and you know, a lot of that stuff, Blood Days. Some really good stuff out there, too. So looking forward to getting in there and kind of reliving a bit of my youth. Chris from Huntington Beach. <laughs> uh, Tim from Mission Viejo. Just coming to see uh, see the show. Looking forward to a good set of bands and obviously here to pay tribute to John. All of them, great lineup across the board. Yeah, there isn't probably a one I wouldn't want to see, so looking forward to it. Uh, a couple of us worked with John and liked the music and liked the band, so sort of perfect storm of a good thing to do. My name is Blair. I'm with Knapsack. You know, my relationship with John, I, I was talking about it um, Colby and I, the drummer, we went to high school together in a small town, kind of northern California. So, what is it, maybe three hours from San Francisco, you know, eight hours from L.A. Not really, like, part of it, like, there was no scene up there or anything, but I got really into, like, straight edge and, like, hardcore when I was, like, 14 and 15. Um, so I started coming down to shows in, like, San Francisco, and uh, I got particularly into straight edge, and... Uh, one summer, I think the summer of 1989, I came down and stayed with my grandma who lived here in L.A. And there used to be a record store called Zed's, which was in Long Beach, which was a spot you kind of knew about from like records that were like, oh, thanks to Zed's Records or whatever. So I made sure I figured out where it was. And I bought uh, the Reason to Believe record, which was John's. Uh, uh, they had a seven inch that I'd heard, but then they had an album that came out. And I just fell in love with this album. Like it was so and I'm. I believe I'm 17 at the time. Okay. And uh, so I had a relationship with John before he had a relationship with me. I was very, very like, uh, I, you know, Colby the drummer, we'd be driving around, we'd listen to that record. I loved that record. And I thought it was a very, it was, it was a very passionate sounding. His vocals really like, like struck me. And, uh, but it was like hardcore, but it was like he had these really like powerful, clean, like, you know, singing that was not entirely common. And then if you think about like how old he probably was at that time, maybe 20, 21, maybe. He's a couple of years older than me, I think. Yeah. Um, at any rate, and then I followed Reason to Believe, you know, just like listen, and then I ordered the Sensefield uh, EP that came out before it got like released from John. He sent me a note and all this stuff. And, you know, later I formed my own band, uh, which is Knapsack, and with Colby, <laughs> drummer from high school, my buddy, and we started playing shows, and eventually we started playing some shows, and Sensefield would play these shows. So I met John, and John was a really warm, uh, really nice guy. Like, I just, like, he, I'm sure you've talked to other people, yeah. but he had a way of making you, like, he'd be like, oh, hey, Blair, how are you? You know, say your name. And, like, and he would ask you how you were like specifically how you were doing what's going on with you like and really focused so it always made you feel important and plus it's somebody that you were like 
really into the idea that they thought you were important. So it was always a really neat thing. And so we would play shows off and on. I don't, you know, I don't even know if it was a ton of shows. It was, you know, I don't even know. It's my memory gets foggy. But we, okay. but for what I li- then I moved to Los Angeles and I would see John every so often out and about around town at a show or this and that. We'd always have conversations, and um, I always really liked him. And I liked his music, and I liked his voice, and I thought he was a really uh, genuine person in a, you know, in kind of a world full of phonies, you know, to be like, uh, to reference, you know, that. So I thought John was the real deal. I was like, he's really, a lot of, uh, I have this feeling a lot of times people use sincerity as a gimmick, especially in music. And so I found him to be a really sincere person in his music and in his real life, which I found, uh, which made me attracted to him. And, um... I always I aspire to be humble about all of anything. Not that I have anything to be like grandiose about my musical career, but you know, when talking to anyone or any anybody, I was I I, I I want to I think about that those interactions that I had had with him, and or I think it's a way that's important in this community um, to interact with people in a way that is like. It's about more of a collective thing. And, like, I'm interested in you. Tell me what's going on with you. You know, so I think about those things as a model in some ways of uh, how I try to be, despite what my mood may be, despite how busy I am. If somebody wants to talk to me for a second, I try to make sure that if they do want to talk to me, that I focus on them for a few minutes or whatever I have available in in a genuine way, not always successfully, and not that I have, again, not to, I'm not... It's a mega band. It's a small band, but still, to the people that it's important to, it's important to. So I have to remember that. And um, John did that, and I thought that was fantastic. And he was a really sincere guy. So I thought uh, I, I think about that, and in some ways, I'm sure it shaped my my the way I interact with people. I've been doing this 20 years, um, off and on. So I've seen a lot of the same faces over the years, and a lot of the same faces I've seen tonight. Many people I've known here tonight that I've known since I was 16, you know. And it's funny, this, this and in some ways the trajectory that John had and myself, insofar as, like, I was a straight-edge kid. I, was, I loved hardcore. I, I couldn't get enough of it. And um, it's kind of the, where he started as well. So there's a lot of that community here. So I know people here tonight that I knew when I was 16 going to hardcore shows and I'm not really in the hardcore community necessarily anymore but it's still part of the lineage of what this is and how this all interacts and intertwines and you know you can call it whatever you want or give it a name or do all the things that people want to do with stuff but I know it when I see it and it's like uh, it's all kind of part of that uh, I often refer to it like especially with hardcore like that's where I met the world and like how I understand things and that's where my understandings come from so I think about that uh, shared experience. I'm talking to other people from other bands, and we were referencing the shared experience of coming up and being in straight edge bands or being like stuff like that. And that community has morphed and changed in, over the years, but it's, you know, you this washed up emo podcast so we caught like that community yeah. emo but it's part of this whole like lineage of this thing and about do it yourself and all these kinds of things so in order for those types of things to typically survive and have a community you have to be mindful of those things and how people take care of each other and an event like this is how like 
come together and sort of take care of each other and say, oh, and acknowledge and recognize and the uh, sort of honor John's contributions and, you know, that he was important. So I think it's, uh, you can see by the amount of people that came and the amount of bands that came and donated time and effort and energy and travel and all that, that it, it was important. So it's, you know, music is like conjuring something out of nothing. There was, there was nothing until you decided to make the action, make music, and, and create the, a band and all the stuff, and play shows, and travel, or, and meet people, and build, essentially, a community. And granted, it's a funny community that goes through bars and clubs and whatever, and shows, and, but it, it, it's an identity, how you think of yourself and your place in the world. So I certainly know that it's part of my place in the world, like I think of myself as part of... X community or whatever you want to call it, however you think about it, you again, it's more of a thing I know it when I see it. You know what I mean? So it's always fun. Like, you know, I see friends or people that I know, and I see faces that I recognize from when I was 16 coming to hardcore shows. So, in particular, I don't have anything in particular that like I'm like, oh, I like, but in just in general, sort of the uh, the vibe and the people that I know, it's, it's interesting to see them all again and, and really nice. I think John was always went out of his way to be extra nice to me because one time we played a show in Colorado and we were running late and as we as we're, was pretty, as was normal and we show up and we're supposed to go on and we're, we're there in time to play whatever but John uh, had done his like vocal warm-ups and was ready to go basically like you know he would do vocal he's a professional singer guy so he was like Sort of like, nope. We decided we were going to play. I've warmed up my voice. We're ready to go. We're going to play. You guys can play after us. And we're like, oh, fuck, this sucks. Because they're a much bigger band than we are. And now we have to wrap up the show and everyone's going to leave. And oh, you know, So whatever. So I think uh, from that day forward, whenever I would see John, John sort of always wanted to sort of Hey, I'm not a jerk. I'm not a bad guy. It's just, it just things. And it really didn't. It was no big deal to me. It's just one show out of a million. It's who, who cares? But I think to John, it was the thing that maybe he was extra nice to me from day one. After that, just because he sort of felt bad about that interaction. And uh, so anyway, that was my sort of. That's my memory. Uh, that's a sort of a interesting memory of John. My name is Chris Daly, and I'm the drummer of Texas Is the Reason. And. Uh, we're an inactive band as of 2016, but when uh, our dear friend John passed uh, and this event came about for Jack, his son, uh, you know, there was no question. We were just like, all right, let's, let's set rehearsal, let's do it. And uh, it's nice because these guys are my best friends, and we've been doing this for 20 years, obviously with a lot of lag time in between, but... Um, Sensefield were always a big influence on us and uh, you know John in particular you know uh, was uh, you know a special friend of ours so it was uh, an easy decision to, to be a part of this and just start rehearsing again and uh, make it happen and you know uh, we toured with Sensefield uh, and became very close with all the members 
and uh, it was just uh, really special to get our band back together to play these songs with a purpose. You know, they've always meant a lot to us, so whenever we've played it, it's always been with a lot of uh, tender, loving care. But with this, it was even more so. It was like, you know, we love John a lot, and it was great to be a part of this and get to play again. The first time I met John, I... I like I had gotten into Reason to Believe. All right. I had bought the Next Door seven inch when they first put it out, and then when they put out their album again, I was just like, "Wow, this band's incredible!" And you know, in New York, we were spoiled in the late '80s. We had bands playing every weekend. You know, there were shows in multiple states, and you know, it was Reason to Believe with this band that you know I think we all bought the seven inch and loved it, and just wondered like. When are they going to play? When are they going to play the East Coast? Like they're they're so good. They obviously have to tour, and you know we had heard that they dissolved and kind of, you know, formed into Sensefield, and then the Sensefield demo came out, and like we got that, and we're just like, this band, like they're they're blowing our minds, and we still don't get to see them, and uh, you know, finally after the demo, we had heard through the grapevine that they signed a Revelation, and we're like. You know, for New York hardcore kids and people who are into, like, D.C. stuff, you know, we, we gravitated towards Reason to Believe and the Sensefield demo, so it was a big deal. So it was finally, like, when they got on Revelation, like, they were coming, they were going to come out and play, and we got to see them and became friends, and the next time they came out, Texas is the reason we were opening for them. We did a full U.S. tour uh, in the summer of 96 for six weeks, and, you know, you do that with any band especially back then you know it's like we weren't distracted by cell phones and mm. stuff like that we we interacted so it we became really close friends and uh you know John and Scott the drummer in particular him and I have been best friends for well over 20 years but it was on that tour in particular like John and Scott would take turns driving in our van because they just wanted to like be around like we were like probably like four to five years younger than everyone in Sensefield so they were a little bit older but you know, we were all on the same plane, but, you know, it was really awesome because we just, like, we were so beyond ourselves that we were opening for Sensefield on a U.S. tour, and, you know, we're in a band, and we're, we're playing, and we're out in the van and touring, and, you know, with this band that we love, and, like, they want to, like, spend time with us. So, like, John and Scott, in particular, always, like, took turns driving in our van and hanging out with us, and, it, I mean, really, it's like everything you hear about John, he's the most positive guy ever there's there's no negative downside to anything and uh you know i think his music that's what's what people uh will remember you know the 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 words he sang and those songs are just there's never anything that's a bummer you know it 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 uplifts you and and i think that's what tonight was about and it was that's why we did it you know we had to be here these are our friends this is our family you know and uh we love john uh, my name is Colby. I play in uh, drums and knapsack. I saw, well, my first uh, audio memory of John is listening to Reason to Believe uh, a little bit after Synthfield uh, formed. Blair, the singer of Knapsack, and I uh, really liked that, that first EP and went to see them in Davis, where we ended up actually going to school a little bit after that. I just think, uh, you know, John was uh, like a really kind soul and um, a constant in our sort of musical lives in terms of um, doing Reason Believe before 
and it, it kind of inspiring us with that. And then Sensefield being such a constant in our lives, we we saw them shortly before forming the band. We toured together. They went on after you know we stopped. So they really um, sort of spanned the whole the whole time that we were making music together as a band as as Knapsack and. Um, in our time spent with John, he was just a, just a really kind, uh, you know, gentle soul. Blair and I sort of came from different um, sides of um, the musical sphere. I was more of like a sort of a like alternative kid, and he was more of a hardcore kid. And as we navigated those waters, um, bands like Reason to Believe and Sensefield and um, you know uh, a lot of others, but but those are the ones that he was into. Uh, was in uh, certainly sort of. Um, carved out that helped carve out that space and personally did, did what was your um, relationship with John and, and how did John's person like what I've been hearing throughout the, the day is that John's personality was one of a kind um, and it influenced so many other people how did it uh, touch your life you know, I think he was uh, you know one in in a sort of a, a long really cool line of people that um, were notable musicians, were frontmen, lead singer types, um, that just reinforce the whole idea, which is what all of this is about, which is um, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a very inclusive uh, community, and it's not about ego, it, and, it's, uh, and so he, he was very much um, sort of a, a leader in that sense. Is, is there one or two memories that you can think of off the top of your head of um, times you remember John? I can't really, you know, um, it had been a while, you know, Knapsack uh, took a good 15 years off, so I had seen and talked to John a little bit online, but but not in person for, for a very long time, and so, no, uh, you know, other than just the time we spent together playing in bands together and that he was just always a really supportive uh, warm person, and and what do you mean by supportive? Yeah, it's funny. Uh, John Reese just made a comment. Um, uh, the Rocket from the Crypt is on uh, right now, and um, he just made a comment saying that uh, John would have been in the front row, standing in front of the shortest person there because John was so tall, and um, hey, he was just that guy. I do the. I, yeah, I definitely think it's refreshing. I miss the days when um, more disparate bands would play together. Uh, I think the common thing that as I've run into old friends has been, it's like, oh, it's, you know, it's, of course, you know, awful circumstances, but uh, sort of the class reunion vibe of the whole thing has been great, and it's been great. To, it, it's been a, 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 um, good to have a reason to get old friends together. Uh, so my name is Dave Shimo, and I grew up in Buffalo, New York. So um, my band in Buffalo was called Angels in the Architecture, so we... We're really, really lucky to get to play shows with Sensefield whenever they rolled through town, and that's how I met John initially. Um, later on down the line, I, uh, one of my really good friends from high school is Garrett from Texas, and uh, I was in a band with Garrett and Sergi. Um, we had a band called Silea. I, I, I've always felt really just fortunate to be a very small part of this family, you know? Yeah, it's kind of an honor to be here. I think my, my memory of first meeting John was really just just being in awe, you know, because before getting to know him, you know, before getting the chance to play with the bands and whatnot, and it just, you know, Sensefield was just 
such a group of people that I looked up to as a musician, you know, and, you know, just being a kid from Buffalo, getting a chance to play shows with these guys, and then eventually moving out here to Southern California, and, you know, these, these guys that I looked up to so much, you know, they, they became friends, and it's just, um, I don't know, something that I never really thought would happen, and, um, and I know it's unfortunate that everybody here is gathered for, for you know, a sad occasion, but again, like it's a it's a pretty amazing celebration of life and who John was. Yeah. You know, I mean, this is a really incredible group of people. Um, in the '90s, in the early 2000s, a couple friends and I rented this really, really awesome big place in Silver Lake, and uh, we would have Halloween parties every year. And one of my favorite memories, may, maybe my favorite memory of John's, was um, you know he came to the Halloween party and he was dressed as the uh, the guy from the Head and Shoulders commercial, you know, full-on bathrobe, you know, the hair was parted in the middle, you know, with the, you know, with the different kinds of soap on each side, and, um, you know, with the, the entire, like, he didn't break character the entire night, and then he ended up winning the, uh, the you know, best costume, you know, okay. the, you know, that year. So that's definitely, that's one of my favorite memories of John, and just, um, I mean, the life of the party, you know, just so approachable and just so genuine and so nice and um. uh cory from harrisburg pennsylvania flew out here i thought about it for a little bit but ultimately i was like i i gotta go i just i really wanted to be a part of it so like you can just feel the passion in what he's singing about so like in a way like i could not even pay attention to what he's actually saying but i i get a lot from it uh, Scott. Uh, from San Diego originally, but I live in the Valley now, Chatsworth. For the celebration of uh, John Bunch and Sinsfield, and also to see Outspoken and Mean Season and Strife. I've been seeing Outspoken since the 94 show at uh, the Ice House in Fullerton, so it's been a minute. It just shows that it doesn't matter how many years go by, you know, when, when a good call is made, people still come and get together for a good reason. You know, even if it was probably 50 years from now, you know, and if a call was made, people would probably get together. So. I'm Dylan Ostendorf. I'm from uh, Goleta, California, originally. And, uh, yeah, I've got members of uh, Like It or Not with me here and uh, Nation of Leopards. <laughs> well, originally I would have come here if it was just Sensefield with other vocalists as well. But, well, it, um, John Bunch is, uh, was, a, was a really... Um, he every time that that guy sang it it was like this positive um emotional connection that i had with him he was always such an optimistic person and a real positive person and it and it just anything that related to john bunch was was something worth uh you know <laughs> coming to and supporting so I, I i couldn't help it and now now there's just about every band that i ever wanted to see live so it's, it's pretty awesome my name's Christopher Rouse. I'm from Dana Point, California. Hi, I'm Hav. Um, I live in Orange County, grew up in Orange County. Well, John Bunch was a really kind person. I met him a couple times, and he was a real pleasure. He really radiated joy and tranquility, and his band was a big influence on me when I was young. I used to have trouble sleeping when I was young, and they were really the first band I ever managed to like fall asleep to and get good sleep by listening to the like comforting vocals and stuff, so... That and a bunch of bands that I grew up with who really shaped who I am and were formative in my intellectual or moral life or even just 
the energy of my life, you know, its general shape. We're playing tonight. It was really a privilege to see all that resurrected and see how much of that is still there. Uh, I'm just here to see a bunch of bands that either... Well, mostly bands that I got to see growing up, Outspoken, Chorus, Mean Season, Into Another. Um, and I've learned in the past few years that, like, you kind of need to see... If, if the chance comes to see one a band that you love again, you need to do it because it might be your last time. So that's why I'm here, to, to see bands that I loved with friends. Uh, Jeff Capra, Goleta, California. To hang out with a couple buddies like that I was in my first band with and that grew up in Goleta. Just come out, see them. Uh, and, and somebody who I didn't expect to see, who last count didn't have a ticket, so who was also in my first band. So it was more about hanging out. Well, I think the main thing is like the guys that I'm here to see that like I came to visit. The first show that we went to that wasn't... Um, like a local band or like a bigger like Danzig or Jane's Addiction or something was reason to believe. So, but we always loved them, and that, that was that's really I mean that, that's like my favorite band from from that time frame and like from Southern California. So, hey, this is Jason from Sam I Am. Well, I mean, we played with with, with John with Sensefield uh, and and reason to believe since I mean Gilman, you know, I'm from Berkeley and. That's where I first met was at Gilman, and uh, I mean a lot of the shows we ever played in California, outside of like our hometown, was you know around here, Riverside and the Showcase Theater, and it was almost always with Sensefield. And I mean Scott played played in our band for, for a while, and it was sort of like a, a you know a working relationship, but also like a. a um, just, I don't know if, if you know, but like when you like start playing music, and you find someone that, that, that is into the same kind of stuff you are, and and you guys uh, feel like you can like play shows together and, and really create a vibe. It's it's pretty rad. And he was always like really fucking impressive with the way he went about. Like, I mean, actually, he was the first person I ever saw like practicing. Uh, vocal uh, exercises, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm still this day. Like I show up and like you know, blah blah blah. But uh, you know, I'd see him outside in a car, like you know, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was like, um, I, I thought he was on the phone actually, like, and he was like, oh no no, and he had a tiger bomb on his neck. You know, he would like have such a routine. I was, you know, it made me feel like I was a slacker. But um, you know, it's, it's such a weird. A weird scene is like we we came from like you know the Berkeley you know punk rock thing and 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 obviously John is much more refined and and the way that that uh, you know they sounded compared to what we sounded and and what I thought you know we wanted to sound like it was cool you know they, they, we blend together and and they are our weird rawness and and they're refined you know and they're such better players than we were ever. Um, My name's Jay Hansel. Um, I sing in a band called Blood Days. I play bass guitar in a band called Outspoken. And then I'll be singing a song on stage uh, during the Sensville set. Uh, the song will be by John Bunch's first band, Reason to Believe, uh, off of their record. Uh, what is it? Uh, but the song is called Fear, uh, Fear I'm Feeling. Fear, Fear I Feel. <laughs> Sorry. We didn't know each other um, directly. I actually uh, was a big fan of his back in the 80s. I used to see his band Reason to Believe. And, uh, and then when Sensefield came out in the early 90s, I just fo kept following him. 
and he kept influencing me as a musician. Um, you could even see that influence vocally, because um, that's what I do. I sing. You could see that in you know my latest band, Blood Days. Uh, and you know when I first heard him, I just thought, well, well, shit, you could just. Hardcore doesn't have to be all, all angry and pissed off and screaming and, and, and it, you know, it can actually be a beautiful thing. And that's what John, you know, that's what John brought to the table as far as hardcore is concerned. And then it just, it, uh, it went on in all of his future projects. And so I followed him in all of his future projects. And, and right before his passing, his next show is actually going to be with my band Blood Days uh, with Lucky Scars. And uh, it was going to be like April 4th or April 5th. And so I was totally looking forward to maybe like hanging out with him and getting to know him. I mean, we've hung out backstage at other places, but, you know, he's always such a nice guy. Like, whether, like, he remembers you or knows you, it doesn't matter. It, you know, it always seemed like he's known you for years, for decades. So um, he always made you feel comfortable around him. So um, he's a great guy. So um, it's a big honor that I'm here uh, to, to help him uh, or to help his son, Jack. And, uh, and I know a lot of people here, and we all, like, you know, we're all putting all of our hearts and souls in it. We've been practicing for weeks and uh, putting off a lot of things, work, relationships, family things and stuff for this. But it's all really important to us. And uh, so, yeah, great honor to be here. I'm Roger Camaro, and I played in the very washed-up, somewhat emo band No Motive. I'm Davey Warsup, and I played with a band called Beat Union and a band called Sway Dead. Up until more recently, and I'm, I have a new band called Sharp Shock. Uh, well, the thing about Sensefield and, and the Rev Records era, uh, continuous era, I guess, um, obviously Rev, Rev's very much known for like classic hardcore bands like Gorilla Biscuits, Chain of Strength, um, but Sensefield was the one band that stood apart from the, you know, it's not like a it's not like a classic rev sound because every hardcore band of that era had their own thing going on. Um, but they, they were a band that was so melodic and so without being purposely commercial, they were very pop-oriented and John's voice was just stood apart from everything to, you know, to this very day. Sergi Lubkoff. And I play guitar and Sam I am in Knapsack. The thing about John, it was this weird thing about him that really told a lot about who John was, which was a guy like a, great, a big listener and a guy who really cared about his friends, is that he wouldn't just go, hey dude, how you doing? And you say this, and then he goes, oh, that's cool. He always would go like, Sergi, so how are you doing? And he just thought, you know, his eyes would be on you. And he's like, I'm listening. Come on, let me hear it. And if you were like, oh, I'm fine, he's the kind of guy that would go, fuck you, don't give me that shit. Well, he wouldn't swear. But he would go, don't give me that. Uh, uh, the small, a small but like pretty rad community that's that still, even now in 2016, exists with this group of small bands and stuff. You know, like Sensefield, Ted Susan, Semi Maptac, uh, Game Face, uh, uh, let alone all the other bands. But uh, none of those bands did shit. Like none of them got big or anything, and none of them made money off music and stuff. But we're a lot tighter. Then if you got the Scorpions, Kiss, and uh, Iron Maiden in the same room, yeah. right? So that's pretty special and pretty rad, you know. I'm Sean Kennerly. I play in Sam I Am. Well, it was a, it was a Sensefield John Bunch Memorial show. You know, it's uh, you know it was a good time. I mean, it's sad that this is a time when we can all get together and do this, but it's just, it's 
and it's sad that he passed, but it's also really cool to see all these people in these bands all together at once, just like having a nice time. Um, so yeah, I just had, had to come out and do it. You know? Punk rock is a uh, feeling. It's just like it's a great thing to do, you know. And uh, I, 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 tr- I implicitly trust people that are into punk more than other people, I guess, in general. And and it's just like so like you meet all these great people and you're like yeah we have like a you know a similar vibe like you know we don't know really what we're doing but we're you know doing it and it's like it's great my name is johnny our record label my name i'm ed uh, ed and i had a record label in the early 90s called meridian records 25 years later that you can get this many people out even on a sunday afternoon so take a look around it's a pretty um uniform looking crowd it's a pretty heavy stylized set of people and it was like that back in the day so it's not surprising that people would look forward to something like this even though this is a charity gig mm-hmm. it's you could see everybody came out wearing their colors so to speak hi i'm mchank band i do a lot of art for bands um i did some art for john's band lucky scars he would always reach out to people and that was a really cool thing about him is you know, he Blair from Knapsack was just talking about uh, John asked him, you know, who mastered their last record. John was always that kind of person. He wanted to know who made things that he enjoyed because he wanted to share that. How do, uh, I've been doing art for bands since 91. Okay. Um, I do record covers and shirts and posters and music videos. I met John um, through Scott McPherson, the original drummer of Sensefield. Macca, Brighton, England. Long way. I think it's just one of those things that makes you realise you're not going to be here forever. May as well spend the money and come over here and, you know, pay homage to John. So I, I kind of listened to Reason to Believe um, when I was younger and, you know, it was a time I was listening to a lot of hardcore and then those first Sensefield EPs were just so different and, you know, John's voice was so it was something so clear and different and just really stuck out and uh, I think John's lyrics are just so sort of universal and expansive, positive and it's just, you know... You get those moments when you listen to music and the hairs on the back of your neck stand up, and John was responsible for a lot of those. So, uh, you know, when I heard about his death, it was just a real, real big deal. You know, it's uh, hit me a lot harder than I thought it was going to. And because, as I say, just, you know, through the, through the 90s and the noughties, listen to a lot of John's music, and, it, you know, it, it resonates with that period of my life. First time I've been over here, yeah, yeah. I came over here when I was 13, but, you know, I, I don't remember anything there. But it's the first time I've been to a show in, in America, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just amazing. I think there's so many people who clearly care about John and want to do something to sort of, uh, you know, hopefully provide, not, not comfort, but, you know, give his, his, his son and uh, a, bit, a bit of uh, stability moving forward and just people want to come together and remember John. And uh, clearly John was involved in a number of different scenes and I think that's reflected in the show you've got on today, so... There's such a wide range of different people here who John meant something to them. So, And I think in itself, that's just testament to what sort of person he was. My name's Nick, and I'm from Huntington Beach, Orange County. You know what? I wanted to see some straight-edge classics, like No For An Answer, Course of Disapproval, and Outspoken. I've, I've heard the name John Bunch. I know what bands he was involved with. I have a lot of respect for them. You've got a German guy, you've got a Scottish guy. Let's go. I'm uh, Philip, and I used to book uh, Sensfield in Europe. I'm Gav. And I know Sensefield tenuously through Texas is the reason. Flew from Scotland three days ago. I met John in 
1995 when I stood in line with uh, uh, to a Sif, uh, Sif and Texas Reason show actually, <laughs> and I was there with a friend. I was like, oh wow, those are the guys from Sensefield. And he turned around and he actually talked to me and was very nice. And then, then I started booking uh, bands. I Texas Reason, all the emo bands, and then I think 2002 I brought Sensefield over. Yeah, 1996, went to a venue, a very famous venue in Glasgow called King Tut's, and uh, Sensefield were supporting Sparkle Horse, and me and my friend, we watched them, man, and we were so into them, and uh, it's quite, uh, we were old, we were young hardcore guys at the time, man, so when Sparkle Horse came on, we weren't impressed, so we kicked off. So we got chucked out by the bouncers as soon as Sparkle Horse came on. But that, that was my first introduction. And I spoke to John that night, and he was the nicest guy I've ever met. You know, a famous guy. He was the nicest guy I'd ever met at that time, man. Amazing. Well, he was taller than me, I think, wasn't he? <laughs> he, he, he was, wasn't he? He was massive. Tall, yeah, yeah, man. And he was like... So you would go up to him and you'd be like, hey... So nice that you came and played Scotland. Thank you very much. Because not many bands came to play Scotland. And he was like, oh, thank you so much. And then when Facebook was popular, this was one of the things I always remembered. Uh, I joined Facebook and I sent him a message and I said, hey, do you remember I was the guy in Scotland, a tall guy that said to you, you changed my life? And he went, yeah, of course, man. And there you go. So even from that, he remembered. So he, he was a... A real gentleman, I think. He was a gentleman, was he not? He was. He was the nicest guy ever. Yeah. yeah. Takeaway from today was, well, it was uh, what a shame that it had to happen because John died, man. This is the unity that's always been shown in this, if you want to call it a scene. But Hardcore, emo, punk, whatever. Come together for someone like John. It's amazing. It's just a shame he had to die, man. Uh, Rich Elrath, Austin, Texas. Uh, just all the all the reunions and bands I haven't like seen in a long, long time. Uh, some of them I haven't seen. Who haven't I seen? What? Well, I don't think I've seen Visual Discrimination before. I'm not seeing them now, but uh, just like all all the different bands to get came together for a good cause. So. Scott Butts from Anaheim, California. Um, the whole event, but uh, particularly the band Knapsack. And the whole event, and I was a fan of Sensefield, so I feel really bad about John Bunch and want to support that. I also like Rocket from the Crypt and the Aquabats and a few other bands. I've never seen Texas is the Reason before, Sam Am or the Bronx, so it's a pretty good lineup as well. Uh, my name is Sven. I'm actually from Germany, and uh, I'm just over for the weekend because I used to tour with all the bands, and I know a lot of people from um, touring them during Europe. And I'm coming from a venue in Leipzig called Corner Island. And we did uh, a special pressing of 7-inch for the Sick of the World together with Revelation. And we kind of like celebrated 30 years of Sick of the World, 25 years of this uh, Corner Island. Yeah, so I'm over here and like supporting my friends. So I was kind of in, uh, involved in setting it up in the beginning. Like, as we found out, he died Bread of Ignite, he stayed, or he actually arrived in my house in the very night, and then uh, Chris Lisk and uh, Nelson and everybody like contacted us, and so we uh, started planning to do this one, and I'm planning also with the guys for the East Coast uh, leg, and I know John since 95, 
and he played with his band Coney Island uh-huh. and he was actually playing there with Forwards Falling and State of the Nation and someone else. There were four bands and like in the 90s there was a kind of more like the tough guy shit and we were hanging out and I never ever met such a nice person uh-huh. in my life because he was caring for everybody uh-huh. and I know he even saved someone's life in Germany on tour because he came to the show and he wanted to kill himself and somehow he watched Sandfield playing live and then he yeah he ended up talking to John and they talked the whole night and I know that this guy actually contacted uh, John's uh, girlfriend and told her he can't believe that he is gone and he's still alive because he saved his life and then um, we were hanging out every time like when he was on tour in Europe and he toured uh, with Ignite filling in as a singer for Soli as he was sick with his back and yeah he spent a couple of days there again so we always tried to hang out and every time when I came over we were hanging out and yeah the last thing what I heard from him was like as he released his 7 inch the Lucky Scars I ordered one through the uh, pre-order record label and I actually bought it for my wife as a Christmas present and then it arrived just in time and I opened it up and there was the invoice in there and I opened it up and said there's some marker on it what is this and I opened it up and there was something written like hey Sven much love from the States like I miss you and like he called me on my birthday I called him and yeah so it's it's sad it's really really sad and what I know from a lot of people, because I was like contacting all the bands to play over here on the, on the East Coast, uh, basically, say, four out of seven people said, of course we do this, this is an honor to do it. You know what? He was my first, my first pen pal. So John actually wrote to so many people in the whole world, and everybody really, uh, yeah, enjoyed it and they felt like on the same level like him he was never from up to down he was like and I know he is with us because this is what he would wished for him and for his passing you know everybody coming together we are four Germans so we are not traveling together but we just met up here and that's the good thing because from all over the world people come over and to pay respect and celebrate his life and yeah uh, my name is Tom Kreutzer I'm from Atlanta Georgia uh, I think for me it's just a uh, big part of my life very much uh, hard for me to say actually because it breaks me up really bad but I've been listening to John for over 20 years you know and it's always meant something to me music that's never left my my heart and what I've listened to for 20 years so just kills me man breaks me up and this is a once in a lifetime type of thing had to do it couldn't miss it for anything it's just uh, always meant something to me like i said it's there's a lot of music that i might might kind of come and go as something that's my favorite that kind of comes in and out but 
sense field just never left the radio. You know, I'm always listening to it, always had it in rotation. Just it's always been a part of like something core for me, and uh, I think it spans just kind of everybody, all my friends, everybody I used to hang out with in my scene, whether they were kind of into emo or hardcore, or straight edge. That everybody was just you know in love with sense field and. I think it just kind of reached out and touched everyone. When John would stop and talk to you, he, you know, you, he really did make you feel like you were the only thing really happening in the room. And he would always say your name to you. He would always, you know, he would always say, you know, Jeff, and then blah, 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 blah. Like, but he would say your name, and that, that's, something, that's something that I don't do. I don't even know if I feel really even comfortable but I thought that was, I really picked up on that years and years ago. He's one of the few people that, that would do that. And, and when, you are, when you talk to him, the, he, you could tell he wasn't distracted by anything. And, and he really was like really trying to get to connect with you. And I thought that was the, you know, something um, really you know, exceptional about him. I feel like he was always just a cheerleader for every band, and there was he, he, he was not competing at all. It was a really just totally just about the music and about our scene, and and you know, and he was he started young too. He started like you know he was really he was not that much older than I am, but he was probably playing shows before I was allowed to go to shows. Like I remember, like it, it was like the late '80s, and I saw Reason to Believe. You know, I was finally able to, but they were had already been playing for like a year. I told Jordan, I said, "Look, I, I, I could record this this week. This is, you know, like I, I really, I want to, I want to do this. You know, can we just do a seven inch? We'll give all the money to to John's family. Um, maybe, maybe some, maybe others will follow. Um, but I really, I, I just want to make sure that something happens because if we if we say we're going to do something like an album and then we leave it up to, you know, bands and other schedules and like that kind of stuff is, as you know, to, you know, trying to, to, um, corral tons of artists and bands and stuff. It's not, doesn't always work out. And so I, I, I just, you know, I just said, Hey, you know, if I think I, I'd really love to just to make this happen now. Voice by Sensefield, and then this um, th- and this Black Sabbath song that I um, that I love, and I'm a you know I'm a fan of of the uh, Ronnie James Dio era Black Sabbath, and the, and the song other than I feel like it kind of matches this my, my sentiment you know to, uh, the, the, it doesn't have you know doesn't have that much to do you know black sabbath and sensual isn't that isn't the most likely um uh co-headlining tour but um uh it, it, it was just a song that that i love uh playing on the guitar and at the time like right around the time when i was you know recording the Sensefield song this is the one that i like whenever i would pick up my guitar that was the one that i started to play and so i thought okay that's a, a nice companion song I just wanted I wanted to commemorate that that time, you know, or you know, especially like the time when everyone, you know, came together and and uh Sinfield got to play one more time with all, you know, with 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 John's friends and 
um, I, yeah, I just I, I I always like to have to to have something, you know, like a a, a reminder or like a memento. Um, and for me, that's it. Like I I remember, you know, like the first few weeks, you know, just at home sitting alone and, pl- and playing those songs on my guitar and. Um, Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, that it hopefully it kind of does the same thing for people that 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 want to, you know, want to listen to it. My name is Vic Simba, and I have worked at Revelation for nearly eighteen years. Which Sensefield weren't on the label uh-huh. since I've been at the label, but I met Sensefield in nineteen ninety five. It was awesome. I mean, I've been listening to them since ninety. 90- one so that when they finally came over to Europe it was really great and I traveled and went to see them a few times and met the whole band and it was lovely and John Bunch someone I'd never really met before sat down I don't think I'd met him before had had this like really long intense conversation about what he believed happened after you died and what did I believe happened after you died and it was it was a it was a great conversation and it's something that you know I at the time I I was just you know, blown away by somebody taking the time to talk to a stranger, and I think that that is probably something that will, you will be interviewing people, and they'll say time and time again that when you met John Bunch, he talked to you yeah. and had a real conversation with you. And there could be a hundred other, two hundred, three hundred people in the room, but when he was engaged with you, he was engaged, and you had his full attention, and and you that you, you talked until the conversation was at its natural end rather than him being like, oh, i got to go and being distracted. He was somebody that, that really connected with people and that had real conversations. It wasn't just... If John, asked you, if, you know, if John asked you how you were, he wanted to know how you were. He didn't want, like, fluff. I, I was asked by uh, Meredith from Warner if I would go up on stage and, and speak at The Wake, and I was, I was too emotional. I, I couldn't hold it together. Not that... John and I hadn't been close really in a long time, but we were we were friends. Like we texted, like I saw him at shows, you know. Um, but I was just I don't, I, I you know I I'm, a, I'm an emotional person as well as an intense person. So I was just I had trouble not crying all. The, I was crying for like six hours. I wasn't going to go on stage, and I was like I don't know what I'd say. Um, and I realised what I should have if I had that moment again, and if I had more composure uh-huh. at the time then and I realized that at like five o'clock in the morning the next day when I was just like trying to be asleep and I wasn't that all everyone talked about at the at the funeral in the eulogies of, was was how great it was that John had those kind of connections with people and had those kind of conversations and gave people his full attention and it's it's not enough to talk about how great that is. It's like what we should take away is how we should all be doing that. And it's something that I've been aware of ever since then. Of, and I've, it's something I've been focused... I found myself trying here tonight and today is that if I'm in a conversation with someone and I'm interrupted, which I have been constantly, I have basically said, can you give me a moment? And I have finished the conversation that I'm on rather than allowing the distractions and the, the social aspect of something like this to, to affect whether or not you finish your conversation with someone because I feel like that, that, that's a better way to live. John was, John was a really special person and, and it's so crazy to see like Sensefield on stage with different people. Like I, I cried during the sound check. 
and you know this is this is hard for a lot of us even those of us who weren't that close to John anymore we've you know we've been friends with him for 20 something years and his presence is so on it like his presence is missed here today but this is I mean this is just an incredible way to be honoring him I mean and I'm I'm so proud to have been part of like like getting the, the all the stuff together the, the triple LP thing was, was fucking my idea and, and I made it happen at Rainbow and, and like got hassled people to get everything done in time and I helped assemble all the records and, and I, it's so great to have been part of of making that happen um, and and I'm, I just hope it you know that lots of money's raised tonight but also more more for me it wasn't just about raising money it was about people having something to take home yeah you know that I feel like that was really important um but, you know something that you can like be like this is my this is my tangible object to take home as a physical memento of an amazing hopefully afternoon and evening like something not this but like when we did rev 25 anniversary that was really amazing um, but not not this in terms of rekindling my passion for music but it it definitely makes me much more aware of how phenomenal our community is and I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just fucking amazing. Yeah. That, that that really is the only way to to say that this is fucking amazing. There aren't other communities like this. I don't feel like there are. I don't feel like there have been any community. And I'm probably wrong. There probably are, but like communities that have this much heart and this much dedication to make something like this happen, and for people to fly in from all over the fucking world yeah. and country to to be here for this is just, it's just phenomenal. I think the thing that I always think of when I think of John is that he gave the most crazy hugs because, you know, he was like six foot seven and I'm five foot four. And he would just give them like these crazy, like half bent, he would like bend his body in two and just like envelop you in a hug. And it's just, it's really unreal to think of never hugging him again.